Okay, so welcome. So our hope this morning is that we give you some handles and some tools and techniques to navigate the the blessings and the challenges of technology, but more importantly, we hope that we equip you with a broader view of a biblical perspective, what is technology, the use of technology, and how to... Uh, how to love your families and lead your families in the presence of technology. So, I'm going to ask questions. These are not technical questions, but I do really appreciate and value your input. Such as, what does society tell us about technology? Anybody want to take a stab? There's some cheat answers up there. How many of us have cell phones with us right now? How many of us have computers at home? How many of us have two computers at home? Have other things that are connected to the Internet? Go to Starbucks. Go to work. You know, our lives in some ways can be mapped by what network we connect to, every place that we go, everything that we do. Um, is technology critical for happiness? Certainly society tells us that. And I think the people who are most vulnerable to believe that uh, are people who are youth, people who are lost, people who have voids in their lives. Socially necessary. How many of us feel that it is socially essential to be connected through technology? And when I say technology, I mean social networking aspects, uh, physical devices that you have on your hip, in your pockets, at your home, things like that. It's socially necessary if you're a teenager that if you do not have a technical aura, then, then there's something wrong with you. If you're not connected in triple, quadruple digits on your Facebook account, then there's something awry. Does technology bring people together? Well, it can, and we'll talk more about that. But I would say as much as technology might facilitate positives in our lives, we have to be very careful that when there is pain, when there is isolation, when there is sadness, and when there is departure from God, that we do not fill those needs with technology, that we fill it with God. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, not only do we want to fully equip you with some techno- technology yes and no's, but we want to also create this perspective. Yes. I think that's a great that's a great comment. So the 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 feedback was technology can answer all of our questions. In other words, it's kind of an idol. It becomes a replacement for God. A replacement for God loving us through community, through family, through marriage. It is an end unto itself. And that's kind of this next section here. Is technology a replacement for God in our lives? There is one God. And it's not technology. Um, Technology is not God. You know, there are plenty of examples in the Bible that talk about uh, creating false idols, the pride that is taken when the Babylonians built their tower, and other examples. 
Deuteronomy 6, very clear about the equipping and the training and the leading of our families, not in the elevation of technology. Uh, Technology is not a means to elevate man closer to God. So with this techno-wizardry that we have created as a society, it does not replace the need for God, and it does not mean that we have now ascended to the throne ourselves. It's not a reason for pride in our achievements. And that's not so much the creation of a Facebook organization or a uh, building a PC or inventing the next great gadget. But that's just simply the acumen to use and navigate through technology. It's not a reason for pride in our achievements. We do love the gadgets as a society, but the gadgets do not replace God. And it also certainly is not equal to man. Technology is not equal to our stature in the way that we have a relationship with God. God does not want a relationship with our gadgets. He wants us. A replacement for God in our lives, we've already talked about that, and a replacement for personal relationships. So one of the resources on the web uh, that I enjoy is a guy named John Dreyer. Dyer. And he has uh, a website called Don't Eat the Fruit. So I encourage you to, to go take a look at that. And I want to read to you a couple of things from a, a, a neat entry that he had called Face to Face. And it basically talks about technology and ministry. He looked at the Gospels and the Epistles, and there is significant evidence as Paul and as John and other New Testament authors talked about their longing and their desire to be face-to-face with the people that they were ministering to. In the biblical perspective, the technology used in that example was the pen and the writing of the letter to these people, to the Thessalonians, to the Galatians, to the Ephesians. But it did not replace their desire to be face-to-face and to be in community with those people. So, I think it's important to understand what are some examples of biblical technology and does that replace our need for community in our family, in our marriage, with our kids. Does anybody want to take a guess as to what are some Examples of biblical technology. So the, the suggestion was hiskids.net and the the idea that they they have or they look they appear to have a strong, well-grounded biblical view of the use of technology in our lives. So my question, let me rephrase it: What's an example of technology in the Bible? That's in the Bible. Anybody want to take a gander at that? No, that's a, I appreciate the feedback. So you kind of have to reset your definition of technology. The what? The will. The, the will? The wheel. You got it. Yes. Tools. So the wheel. The slingshot. How about God's word is a lamp? Let's, let's face it, from a biblical times perspective, a lamp is 
technology. Tools. Jesus was a carpenter. He used technology. How about the, uh, the armor of God? The shield, the sword, the helmet. The connotations applied to these are positive. Helpful to man. Gift to man. They are resources. There are a multitude of sources on the web that are pretty easily accessible that have purposed to list all tools and, quote, technology in the Bible. It numbers greater than 600. It's kind of crazy. The theme throughout all that is technology is a gift to be stewarded well. These are examples that are from God, and as such, they require our stewardship. So it kind of changes our perspective on how we think of technology today when we think that it's just a modern instantiation or implementation of technology progressing through time. Technology requires our stewardship, and it is a gift. Now, back to John Dyer. Does technology replace the need for locally-based community, family, and marriage? And there is a point here. Technology, if you look at the epistles and the letters of Paul, John and Paul long to be physically present with their community whenever possible. John and Paul preferred face-to-face to technology. Keep in mind the technology in the biblical times was letter writing. It wasn't a social networking site. John and Paul often connected physical presence with joy, completeness, fulfillment. Fulfillment in the heart, enjoying God's love through the church. John and Paul embraced technology tools when they could not be physically there. So I, I I like that image because it says to me that as we model technology usage and stewardship to our families, I challenge us to model that in a way that is not superior to or in replacement of community and family and oneness in marriage. Comments or questions about that? And certainly, technology does not diminish our responsibility to lead, teach, love, and train our children. So there is no perfect technical solution which protects our families from sin. So I I do not have the perfect filter for you this morning. I do not have the button on your computer that you can push and all of the threats and negatives that I'm assuming everyone is aware of go go away from the standpoint of our children, our families, you as adults, protecting you from the bad that is part of the sinful use of technology in today's society, which has been around for all eternity. The perfect answer is you guys. Responding well to the call to be good stewards of everything that we are given, including the way in which we lead and love our families. So I, I am here today, and the awesome guys that have volunteered their time and that have helped prepare content are here today to encourage you 
and equip you and help you in every way we can in this process. But it is a process as opposed to applying technology in an uber fashion to fix whatever fears or situations you're dealing with. The great news is wherever you are in the journey with your family, with yourself, and with your spouse, God's grace is sufficient to cover a multitude of sins. God's grace is sufficient to cover a multitude of parenting sins. So be encouraged and take hope. Um, So this morning, very quickly, as parents, we're going to cover these things. Uh, I want to do a a quick overview of some computer and networks. We're going to talk about the good, bad, and ugly of connected devices, social networking, internet and web content. And then again, I reiterate, we welcome your suggestions or questions at this email address. And we are just purposing to make this available. So feel free to use it, and we will get back to you in the best way we can as quickly as we can. So before I kind of go to the next section, are there comments or questions that you guys have? We are going to talk about that a little bit in the connected devices. Um, So what do you think about video games? That's a a great question. So I heard a whole lot of questions in there. Um, You know, one was the the age appropriateness of exposing your kids to uh, the content in a video game. Lots of different video games out there, lots of different game consoles out there from the cell phones that you carry that have games on them to portable game devices to the game systems at your home. And how do you set boundaries that are age appropriate and how do you equip your kids before, during, and after to realize that it's not reality? Uh, Those are all things that uh, we don't have answers to this morning and it's challenging. It's challenging, but every kid is equipped differently as he or she grows up. And I have kids that uh, my daughter will play it for a few minutes, and then it's not, uh, it's not the way she's wired. She is not wired to go and be consumed by that. I have a son who is the polar opposite. And if he could, and if he was allowed, he would sit there and gel his brain for 24 hours a day playing the video games. And so I have to love my daughter and limit her and equip her to make good choices in other areas that tempt her heart. Video games tempt my son's heart in a big way. And so I I have to limit his time, certainly the content of the games that I let come into the house, and balance that between just being a normal boy who will turn bananas into gun, much less a video game into uh, boy-like aggressive behavior. But that is what it means to be a boy. Hopefully that helps. That's a non-answer answer. Great question, though. Um, you know, there, there, is a, there, isn't, there is a lot to talk about in the area of how do you fill the, the voids in your children's hearts? And how do you parent through that? Um, All we're really doing this morning is raising that question. The answer is 
God and parents. And then we kind of vector off to specific technology suggestions on how you can make wise use of that technology in the family. This morning we are not going to answer and give you great parenting tips about what to do with six-year-old boys and their vivacious love for action and life as a hockey game approach. But there are great classes that are being taught right now and hopefully you guys will get to take advantage of that today and in the recordings later on that do address those topics. Okay. Any other questions before I dig into this? So let me see a show of hands. How many of you feel like you are uh, well equipped to deal with the technology today that's in your home? Not from a biblical perspective, just from making it work, connecting it up, and utilizing it. Do you, do you feel good at and you feel comfortable doing that? Okay, well, this next section really is addressed, and I saw lots of hands. This next section is addressed for people who do not feel that way. Um, so I'll kind of go through this pretty quick. Um, but suffice to say that today, the vision of the companies that market and sell us these wonderful gadgets is that everything in your home will be connected and technically able to exchange data and give you a richer, fuller life. All the way from the things that you know and love today, your set-top box, your computer, your music collection, your TV, to your refrigerator, your washer and dryer, your hot water heater, your alarm system, your security system, your pool, your car. Maybe someday your couch. The vision is to sell more product that all of these devices will be homogeneously connected and applying technology to identify repair needs, help you live a richer and fuller life. Somewhere in there you have to make the decision of what you embrace and what you do not embrace. But recognize that every decision that you make models the use of technology to your kids. And so whether you feel you are expert, intermediate, or novice in the use of technology, how you use it, you are modeling and sending a message to your kids and your families and your spouse right now. Um, So I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but raise your hand if you would like me to dive into some of this stuff. The intent here is to kind of give a technology background on what it means to have a home network. You have a broadband connection that comes in that's through cable DSL, AT&T, Uverse, Fios, or however you get your broadband connection. And then you connect it to a router. Maybe you get your router from these guys. And then voila, you have a home network. And then you can connect to that through a wire which typically is called Ethernet, or you connect to it through wireless. Now, does anybody have a password on their router that prevents other people from connecting to it and doing things with it? So nods ahead. Does anybody not have that? Good. 
So you would want to do that as a, just a precaution to protect you from things that you will unintentionally run across on the web that will purpose to get in and modify your router. And you also want to do that to the wireless part of your router as it broadcasts the wireless message throughout your home. The last line there is to talk about additional physical networking topology, which is home PNA, which is the power line. So you can buy devices that actually run network through your power connections in your home. So it's called home PNA or power line. Uh, and everybody's familiar with Wi-Fi. Everybody knows what that means. The wireless network that you have in your home. We have a wireless network here at the church. Sometimes you see that. Sometimes it's labeled as this, 802.11. Okay. How do you manage these devices? So everybody feels equipped to be able to log in to any of these devices. You know how to get to the IP address. Does anybody not know what an IP address is? It's okay. This is the tech-savvy group. So all... So everybody who has a connected device in your home, that device most likely has a little bitty web server, which is how you manage that device. A web server is nothing more than... Think of it as when you go to Google or Yahoo. That's a web server. It's a server as opposed to a client. And to be able to manage these devices, you need to be able to give your web browser, that's Internet Explorer, Firefox, Chrome, Safari, or other, or Opera, or even on your smartphone, uh, you need to give it a specific name. So that's when you type in something that looks like this, one of these numbers. And that's how you get to that device. And then that's how you manage it. So I feel like that this group is beyond this type of discussion. I'm looking for anybody who wants to go deeper. Okay. So the last thing I'll say about the home networks then is please make sure that you have a password that protects access to the management of your router. And again, the router distributes connectivity to all your connected devices in the home before it goes out to the Internet. And then also make sure you have a password on the wireless capability of your router. Two different passwords. Um, later we're going to talk about OpenDNS as a mechanism to provide filtering for your home. But recognize that the minute that you leave your home, that filtering is no longer present when you try to connect. So the idea is... You can set up all sorts of guards and filters and protection for your home network and shield and create this hedge of protection, hedge of prayer around your family. But the minute that you leave the hedge, you're wide open and unfiltered and unfettered territory. All right. So next up is Robbie, right? Paul is next. Hey guys, my name is Peter Miracle. 
Hey, there we go. Uh, hey guys, my name is Paul, uh, and I am a member and intern here at Watermark. Uh, I also work at the Apple Store uh, here over on Knox Street and uh, studying to get my Master's of Arts in Media Communications at DTS. Uh, so Scott was kind enough to ask me to uh, just kind of share with you guys um, some information about uh, these mobile connected devices uh, as well as gaming consoles uh, and anything in that regard that's kind of obviously the greater expansion of <laughs> so many other devices other than just a laptop or a computer. Uh, so we're going to kind of just dive into that a little bit, and I just want to continue to echo what um, Scott said uh, in that these devices in and of themselves that have web access and have games in them and things like that, um, the reality behind those is that they are a tool or, or a weapon or whatever, and they can be used for um, benefiting and building up, um, but they can also be used for destruction in so many unhealthy ways. Uh, so we just have to be able to you know, continue to have those kind of conversations with our kids about you know what's biblically correct in that regard. So, having said that, <coughs> we're going to start by talking about the most common one uh, is the iPhone. And the good news about this is that when I begin to actually talk about the iPhone, what you're going to notice about this is that the um, the iOS or the i operating system that's associated with that the Apple computer, it applies to all the other two devices that we're going to talk about within Apple's range, the iPod Touch and the iPad. All right, so the parameters for a lot of this are very similar. Uh, so that's really sort of the good news about this. We're covering multiple bases. So uh, if you do have your iPhone, we can kind of walk through some of this, and this is actually be really good because you'll kind of have a memorization of this and be able to apply it to any of the other devices. Uh, so what we're going to see here is that um, when we first get our iPhone, uh, there's one called the settings, okay? And that's going to be one of the places we go to adjust any restrictions or passcode information that we want to uh, provide for our kids. So maybe our kids are using our phone. You know, from time to time we hand it to them to let them play games or anything like that. And that's perfectly fine. There are two ways to kind of manage that. If they have their own, okay, if they have their own iPod Touch, okay, this is what we're going to kind of talk about in that regard is how do we utilize that. Um, so what I'm going to do is I want to go to settings here. And that's that little sprocket looking one right there. Uh, pardon my uh, Pac-Man background there uh, on my phone. That's kind of what mine looks like. Yeah, there you go. Um, and so what we'll do is go into System Preferences and then under General. Okay? Uh, and then once we go into General, we're going to see a section called Restrictions. Now, if you'll notice right up above Restrictions, uh, there's a passcode lock. So if you're sharing this device with your kids, um, obviously the only way that they can have access to it is, you know, when immediately when you put the phone to sleep, uh, with the top button up here, um, that locks the phone and that requires a passcode. Uh, now, I know it's a bit tedious, but certainly if you guys are sharing your phones with your kids, it's always a good idea to kind of put that on there uh, just so you're able to allow them permission to use that phone uh, as well as have conversations about what it looks like. You know, to, well, what do you want to do with it? Well, why do you want to do that? You know, and, and just really having honest conversations from time to time. I'm not saying every time, but certainly just on a, on a regular basis. But if they do have an iPod Touch or an iPad or even their own iPhone, this allows for the, uh, you to be able to have control of the restrictions of what they can and can't do. Uh, so what we would do next is go into restrictions, okay? Uh, and what happens is it gives you this screen here, okay? Um, and it's going to be more than likely since you've probably never been here before, um, it will probably just look simply like this. And what we can do is we can enable restrictions, okay? 
And what this does is this gives us the ability to decide what we want to turn on and off. Okay, uh, maybe for some of you, you don't want them to have access to the webs webs web at all. Period. Okay, and so you would just turn off Safari. Um, maybe some of you just don't want them to have some of the content that's in there uh, with the iPod. Uh, so that way when they um, maybe download a song or whatever and it's not appropriate or whatever, you can simply turn, that, uh, turn those uh, specific things off. Um, <clears throat> in connection with that, we also talk about, I, I like to kind of give the kids the benefit of a doubt that they're pretty tech savvy, especially with this age, is that they really can figure certain things out. So what you also want to think about is, if you are blocking Safari all right, from their system, okay, you also probably need to block installing applications. And let me tell you why. All right, because Safari is just only one web browser out there, there are actually other multitude of web browsers out there on on the inst in the application site uh, in iTunes that people can go and download. I, I've seen several out there. So what you want to be considering is the fact that if my intention is to make sure that they aren't um, if they aren't getting on the web through Safari, um, then I also need to consider the fact that there are a multitude of other free web browser-based apps in the store that they can also just download for free um, and just get it access that way. All right? So that's one way to consider it. Um, and then what we've also got is YouTube and iTunes as well if you want to be able to manage that content. And then, of course, once that happens, it'll ask you for a passcode uh, with that connection. Okay, So you'll have to be the one to remember that passcode, four digits, uh, and that will allow for access uh, in and out of there. And then, of course, to manage that, you simply go back in there. It'll ask you for the passcode, and you can uh, manage whatever kind of way you want to set that up. All right. In connection with that, we've also got all these third-party devices um, that are out there, like the, the Android and, sorry, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It actually completely disables the button altogether. So there, the button for installing apps will not even appear on the menu, uh, on the screen at all. And so in order to update your apps, okay, um, in order to um, buy other apps, they'll have to, you or someone will have to go in there and do that. So if your kid wants to purchase a game, for example, they have to come to you. <clears throat> and so what I recommend for people, you know, they can actually go on iTunes, in the iTunes store, and this is a great way to continue to have conversations, is you, they can go in the um, iTunes store, okay, on the computer at the house, and maybe find an application that they really want there on the computer, okay, and add it to what's called a wish list, okay, and they can actually compile a wish list of games that they would like to have. Okay, and then of course I'm going to talk about iTunes um, and the Apple ID in a minute. But um, <clears throat> what you can do is they create that wish list and they come to you and say, "Hey, I've got like five, ten games that I really want to get." And then you go, "Okay, well let's look at those," you know. And you go, "Oh, well you got this game, this game. Okay, sure, let's do that." And then they that updates into the Apps app, and then you plug it in, and that's another way that you can do that. And so that just really allows for the control and flexibility uh, and the conversations to happen with that. So did I see a question over here? Yes. Yeah. Uh, YouTube is its own separate app all completely from Safari. All right. Uh, and so they would be able to watch videos if they still wanted to. 
uh, and that's one of the things that they can do still because it's its own separate app altogether. Um, so that's kind of man. Does that answer your question? Okay. So, in, in conjunction with that, that's one of the things we're going to talk about here in is managing the Apple ID itself. Um, I'm a big believer in that we should ha- all have like a um, an iTunes account that's a family one, okay? Uh, and then only one person in the family or the parents should have access to that password because it's got a credit card and they can ring up bills on tons and tons of games and things like that if, if that's not the case. So that's another way that you want to manage that content uh, is being able to make sure that you're the only one that has approval for downloading their apps. Uh, just to make mention, um, these are some of the other mobile um, device um, filters that are out there. Um, you know, obviously the one I, I just shared with you was just limited to the iOS of the iPod, sorry, iPod Touch, iPad, and iPhone. Um, but there are also third-party um, applications from the App Store as well as for other devices such as the uh, the Android um, that are available for you. For the Android and, and most smartphones, um, we found that um, two of those that might work as well are pretty good that are Mobile Stealth, Mobi Stealth and NetNanny. Uh, I think Scott mentioned to me earlier this morning, um, K9 Protection is another one that actually does pretty well uh, in being able to manage those devices. So when, when Scott talks about... Um, uh, you know, sort of having that safe haven around the house. Uh, what was it called again? I'm sorry. The yeah, that's that. When we talk about mobile devices going outside of the house and not having you know that capability, these are going to be a really great uh, opportunity to really utilize other tools uh, as they're traveling with devices that have um, you know internet accessibility. Uh, a big one that works well uh, is uh, Safe Eyes. For if you guys have a Mac, that's a really, really great program to kind of also manage uh, content of other mobile devices. Um, what you're going to see with X3 Watt is that if you've got teenage kids, this is going to be a program uh, that doesn't necessarily block things, okay? But this has the ability to um, record that history, and to, it's mainly it's more for accountability uh, for older kids or adults. Um, but that's also an option as well. And so um, those are going to be the biggest ones that can utilize a lot of those tools. Uh, and then, of course, I believe um, I know that X3 Watch is free, and I think Safe Browser is free. Um, I'm trying to remember if I bought Safe Eyes. Uh, but those are some of the ones that you can utilize for that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and just to clarify with the iPhone, that's exactly what's going to happen is um, when you disable Safari, these have their own browser system themselves uh, within their application. Uh, so that's how they're able to manage that content. Uh, is that that's the biggest way to do that? It doesn't actually send a little, you know, subtle thing within Safari. It has its own web browser in that. Um, thank you for mentioning that. That's a very very good point. Um, and so those are going to be sort of the limitations of an iOS is that it has that kind of system. So uh, in conjunction with that, um, two other real quick things I was going to say is 
be able to set up a family Apple ID, okay? Because that's going to really help you be able to manage that content a lot better. Uh, the second thing that I'm going to mention real quick is a lot of families use Netflix, okay? And with Netflix, you can actually create sub accounts, okay, for your kids, okay? So that way they have a sign in and password. Uh, you manage their account profile information, uh, and then you set the maturity level, okay? In conjunction with that, um, you also notice that a lot of the video game systems are now utilizing Netflix. Okay, so what you can actually do is set parameters on Netflix, and then when they sign in that sub account onto the the gaming console, those actual parameters and maturity levels apply in there. Okay, now there will be a couple more adjustments in there. Uh, for the Xbox 360, you go to My Xbox. Okay, System Settings. Uh, within System Settings, you just click on Family Settings. Okay, and then the two places in family settings are console controls and Xbox Live controls. Uh, in console controls, you can adjust the game ratings, the video ratings, the access to Xbox Live as far as video game playing, um, what kind of content is being restricted, uh, whether or not they can create one, and then, of course, it's not highlighted, but at the bottom you can set a passcode, as well as a family timer. I know it was mentioned earlier is that you can uh, manage the amount of time that they spend on video games uh, as well. And then you got that. And then PS3 is sort of the same system settings, uh, but you would go into settings, security settings. You can change the password, manage parental controls. And then the beautiful thing about Netflix right now is that um, when you do order Netflix with the PS3, they have to send you a disc. Okay, so the beautiful thing about this is that you can be the one that has the disc somewhere else up in the house, and they can't watch Netflix at all unless they have that disc. All right, so that's another great way to kind of manage that conversation. So, um, system settings for the Wii um, are also something that you can use. Uh, and just to kind of paint you a picture of how to get there, if you go to the main menu and go to system settings, it's going to be located on the channel menu in the bottom left-hand corner. All right. And then what you do is just you know, select on them, say parental controls. <clears throat> then you enter a pin or create one. When it, when it starts, um, and then of course you can adjust the game settings, uh, and then as well as the other settings that are there uh, to whatever you want to do. Um, and so those are really kind of the basic uh, layouts for a lot of those gaming consoles. Um, and then I said as well that the, the Wii and the PS3 are the same way, is that if you manage the sub accounts on the Netflix.com, um, then those settings will apply uh, when you log into that Netflix account on the gaming console. All right, any other quick questions real quick um, regarding gaming systems and mobile devices? Does that kind of cover the base? All right, cool. Well, I'm going to hand it off to Scott. Thanks a lot, Paul. We appreciate you preparing and doing that. So just a couple of quick things before Aaron comes up and talks about social networking. Um, so I want to reinforce that we have the opportunity to model the use of the technology in our lives, and that applies to everything. So the stuff that he just went through, are great handles or great tools to help you dig into whatever device you have that your kids are exposed to. But keep in mind that your kids are watching you as you use the technology. So that's, that's something that may not be in the forefront of our minds, and it's our prayer and our encouragement to you that that is just as important, if not more important, than the filtering and the protection that you set up for your children or for your family. So laptops in the bedroom would you equip your daughter with a laptop who's 13 years old in her bedroom 
So does that mean that it's appropriate for you to take your laptop and do work in your bedroom? That sends a clear, conflicting message. Do you use your phone, your iPhone, at the dinner table? Do you use your iPhone when it could be a great opportunity to connect with your family in the evening? Those are all things that, uh, from, from where I stand here today, I'm not mandating that you do or do not do. These are all things that you have to really pray through and seek, um, seek the Spirit and what, and what God would have you do in your family and how He would have you lead your family. But I encourage you that every time we adopt and use technology, our kids are watching. My kid at 18 months is aware of a technology-based device in our home. So just be aware that your actions and how you use that technology in your home, wherever you're starting to think about that in the age of your family, is just as, if not more important, than the protection and the settings and the filters that you set up to prevent them from accessing content that you're concerned about. Thank you. Uh, yes, question. I've heard that too. That the I haven't read that article that in in the Wall Street Journal that you're saying that the uh, the color pattern and the way the pixels are printed on the screen affects our brain and it reduces melatonin and it basically is like eating Thanksgiving turkey. It's a it's a it's a stimulant and then it's a nullifier. Brain rotter. Uh, I, I don't know the science behind that, but I, I will I will echo what we talked about earlier, which is you know technology tends to be a emotional narcotic to fill whatever insecurity or issues, hurts, and habits that kids and adults have. So if anybody has gone through the CR process, like I have a common theme in CR here at this church is you have a sin pattern in your life and you desperately desire to eradicate it. But you recognize eventually in the process that you have a sin-based need. You have a, you have a baseline need in your life. Sin is causing you to medicate that need with something in the world, whether it's a uh, habit with drugs or alcohol or a habit with a sexual-based medication so the term medication is applied to whatever you have in your life, the need for God, and the use of an external bad thing instead of filling your life more with God. Does that make sense? So kids medicate themselves virtually with technology just like adults do. And that's... That's a great thing to recognize as you model and lead your families, especially through this great topic of social networking, which Aaron's about to lead us through. Tess, you got it? All right. Um, My name is Aaron. Uh, I've been in technology for many, many years, currently working for a uh, company that's a managed service provider. So Um, I've been part of this team of technology here at Watermark for a couple years, and I'm actually really excited about today and this topic of technology and our kids because I've been wanting to do this for years. Uh, I've worked with the student ministry for the last seven years, so I see what this technology can do, uh, both for good and for bad, Um, but having parents understand what um, 
downfalls this can be and what great tools it can be uh, is something that I think has been lacking uh, just because when I worked by myself, I had my own company, I'd go into people's homes and they were calling us to do protection for their internet and understanding, you know, why can't I stop this and why isn't this stuff working? Well, it's, it all comes down to a hard issue with our kids. And if we as parents don't understand what our kids are seeing, what they're going to, what they're utilizing on our computers and our internets and our phones and all the other connected devices, we're going to be unable to steward them well in this specific uh, area. Um, just as a side note, back to what Paul was saying, out of those three consoles, uh, the PS3 is the only one that has an internet browser. So if you've got computers covered and your phone's covered, don't forget about the PS3 because it actually has a full-blown web browser. You can go to any website you want and it's not protected unless you've got it set up to not uh, go there at all. You can turn it off, but just know that. Um, most people don't know, don't remember or recognize that. So does we have one as well? I don't have a Wii. I've got the other two. Does it? Okay. So there you go. You've got two, two more devices that have internet access, which is awesome. Um, so social networking. How many of you guys have either Facebook, MySpace, LinkedIn, or Twitter account? By show of hands. So almost everybody, um, which is great. Um, and, you know, social networking has is been around since 2002 when MySpace kind of started. I think maybe even LinkedIn was before that. But So you're talking eight years now, uh, at least, of this type of social media and social networking. Um, and I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's going to stay for a while. I mean, we've, I just read an article. Well, it's, it's now implemented, but Facebook was working on getting their little like button uh, onto pretty much every website you go to. I mean, I went to Fandango to get movie tickets last night, and the specific movie that we're going to had a little link for me to say I like, and it would tie back to my Facebook account, and so everybody knows that I like this movie, if I wanted them to. So, and there's other websites that are doing that, and you see posters all over the place say, you know, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. It is becoming something that is a social, uh, cultural deal that um, I don't believe is it's, it's going to stay around for a while. It's not going to go anywhere. Um, just want to reveal a little bit on the biblical truths for this. Um, specifically with social networking is just, you know, we as parents are called to train our children to be prudent individuals. Um, and we're called not to exasperate, frustrate, embitter, or discourage our children. Uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I know that the conversations that my kids have with their parents can be very frustrating for them because their parents don't have a Facebook account. And so when their parents are saying, no, you can't do this or you can't do that, it's more from a, hey, I'm just telling you this because I'm your parent, as opposed to coming, from, coming to them with a standpoint of, hey, I've got a Facebook account. I'm seeing what you're seeing. I know what's out there. Um, and I'm called, as your parent, to help you be a prudent individual, to make wise choices when it comes to what you post, uh, what you're looking at, who your friends are, uh, so forth and so on. So um, from the practical, Facebook, Twitter, all those are great tools. You know, it, it gives us the ability to connect with our friends from high school, current friends, our family. Um, my wife uses it uh, as a springboard for some of her products that she sells. She posts pictures up there says, hey, here's some new things that I'm working on, then it drives traffic to her website. Um, I know people right now are using it in a great way to be a, you know, use it for good as people are putting scriptures on their statuses, and that's all that you do. Or they put links to great, you know, articles of con that can start conversations with your kids or with other people uh, that are, you know, 
having to do with Christianity or, or just spiritual content in general. Uh, so it is great. It is a great tool. Um, but I think the problem is a lot of, not this room obviously, but a lot of parents don't um, are not familiar with Facebook or they have an account but they never use it. And it's simply just to have an account so they can be friends with their kids. But they're not actually utilizing or seeing kind of the way that it changes. And Facebook changes quite a bit. Uh, from the privacy settings to, you know, how it looks to, you know, what's now, like I said before, what's being connected to Facebook outside of just the Facebook website. Um, but there are real dangers. Um, there are predators out there. There are bullies. There are... Um, you know, the negative influences, uh, both for your kids and, and, you know, what they're seeing uh, can be very detrimental to, you know, the things that uh, Scott was talking about, just their insecurities. Um, it, you know, it, it is, I've seen a lot of kids who go on there and even recently are putting statuses that say, I'm bored. And that's it. And I've seen that a lot in the last two weeks. I don't know why, but all the kids that I knew in high school, they're just saying, I'm bored, I'm bored. And they want nothing more than just to be affirmed that, hey, I'm bored too, like, let's hang out. Or kids are talking about stuff that, you know, they had a bad day or they don't feel pretty. Um, and again, they're looking for that affirmation that they're obviously, they feel like they need and they're not getting somewhere else. So making, seeing what your kids are putting on in their statuses is going to be a great way to have conversations with them and ask them, you know, why do you feel this way? What's... What do you feel like is missing that you don't feel pretty? Or, you know, have I not affirmed you enough? You know, have you had a bad day at school? Has someone, you know, did you have conversations with kids that made you feel this way? Or, you know, why are you bored? You know, what, what can we do to fix that? That, you know, you feel like you, there's nothing for you to do around here, uh, especially now during summertime. Um, but, and just as a side note, by default, if you have a Facebook account, it's open to everybody. So if your kids say, hey, I want to get a Facebook account, great, you know, not a big deal, uh, depending on the age. You know, for me, I don't, you know, again, when my kid is old enough to have a Facebook account, it may not be Facebook, it may be something else. But, you know, I don't think that, a, you know, maybe a 9 or 10-year-old needs to have a Facebook account, or maybe even 12, 13-year-old, really. I mean, the time that it takes to have Facebook and the time it takes away from them on a daily basis, uh, is, it can be a lot. My high school kids, uh, 9 out of 10 of them that I had in my small group had a Facebook account. And I asked them, I said, how much time do you guys spend on Facebook? And a lot of them would say, you know, an hour a day. And I'm like, an hour a day? That's seven hours a week. And then I would ask them, how much time are you spending in the Word? Uh, 30 minutes. Uh, maybe an hour. The whole week. And I'm like, okay, there's an issue here. There's priority issues here. Why are you spending so much time on Facebook when you aren't spending the time that you really need to in the Word? Um, and it, you know, it raised a good question for them, and they were like, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, it's easier to do on Facebook because it's on their iPhone or it's, you know, on their computer, and that's what they're on all day long. So there are dangers there, uh, and recognizing those dangers, recognizing the settings that um, need to be put on there so that not everybody and their mom can see what they're posting uh, is good for us to know. Uh, we've talked about the time, um, time wasting, and just being on Facebook more than uh, necessary. Um, again, I kind of covered this already. Parents should be clued in, not clueless. So having those conversations with some education behind what you're talking about is always going to help that conversation go a little bit better as opposed to, hey, you shouldn't be on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account, but you shouldn't be on it because they're going to be like, you don't even know what Facebook is. I mean, those are the conversations that my kids have with their parents. It's like they don't even know what it is, and so they're telling me enough to do it. Why? Um, those conversations will go a lot better if we know.
if we're clued in. Um, having that conversation with your kids to have open access to their account. Um, when they set it up and say, hey, mom, can I have a Facebook account? Yes, but I'm going to have your username and your password so that I can uh, consistently uh, check in on you, but not constantly check in on you. And setting those boundaries with your kids. Um, letting them know that, hey, I'm, I'm here to help you through you know, making these good choices, but you know, there's always that uh, potential of a stumble. So I want to be able to go on maybe once a month and just check your Facebook account and see what kind of messages you're sending to other people because not everything is open to you, you as you look at your kids' statuses unless you're on their account specifically. I can send a message to someone in private and it never shows up on my status list or on the wall. Um, I'd have to actually go in the account and to look at that. So being open with your kids and saying, hey, I want that access um, and setting those boundaries ahead of time is going to be great for you and for them. Um, Again, consistent inspections. Uh, again, the boundaries instead of unconditional rules of just saying, hey, you can't have it. Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this only because it's Facebook and I don't want you to have it. You know, talk through that with them. I mean, it's going to be so much easier if they understand where you're coming from and, and knowing your heart behind why you're wanting to have this access to them, uh, going to those scriptures and talking through those scriptures with them and asking them, what, is, what do you think this means for me as a parent when it's calling me to, to lead you well? What do you think is my job is in this area? And have that dialogue with them. It's a great relational time for them and for you to have with uh, your kids. Um, calm conversations that have, instead of quick decisions. So you see something on Facebook on their site that really throws up a red flag. You know, take a step back and say, okay, this is one of those areas where we need to talk about it. Have a sit-down conversation with them again and say, hey, look, this is what I saw. Why, why, why am I seeing this picture that you posted? Why am I seeing the status that you posted? Why are these guys saying this on your wall? Uh, and who are these people? I mean, some of these guys you're not going to know. They're just friends on Facebook. And that's all you see is a picture of them and a comment that maybe is inappropriate. Um, you know, I know a parent told me recently that they got their kid's phone and on their Facebook they were talking about um, having what now is today is kind of a sexual orgy. And this was a 12-year-old. Uh, and it's not because the kid, their kid was doing it. It was that they were getting these messages from other kids on Facebook. Um, and so that's the kind of thing that, you know, that scares me a little bit. My kid's only nine, 19 months old. But I'm like, hey, he's going to have this kind of access in 10 years, in 12 years, to know that kids are going to, at 12 years old, going to say, hey, let's do this. Those are, the, those are the kind of negative influences that we really need to be aware of. Um, again, Go back to that Proverbs 20, 22, 3-6 verse um, with your kids and have those conversations with them. Um, you know, some of the examples here, and you've got more on your, on your handout, I feel like this is the natural part of your world. It's not natural for me. I don't sit seven hours a week on Facebook, but you do, maybe, uh, if I've allowed that. Do you understand our different perspectives on this? Um, why did I feel like this is not something that you need to be doing every single day? Or I'm limiting the time that you have on it. Um, I don't want to frustrate and bitter or discourage you. Will you tell me if I ever feel that way? I mean, have, let them know that you're not trying to do this. You're not trying to make them, you're not trying to be the bad guy here. You want to have this open conversation with them. And again, letting them know your heart behind it. Uh, I will not constantly monitor you, but I will consistently check in on things. Uh, and are, are you okay with that? And if they're not okay with it, talk about it. Why? 
what, what are you trying to hide? Are you trying to hide something? Or is there a reason that you don't want me checking in on you? Other than the fact that, hey, it's mom and dad and I don't want you checking in on me, uh, which isn't obviously a great excuse. But um, talk through that. Tell them, you know, this is what I'm called to do as a parent. Uh, I will set fair, set fair boundaries that will become increasingly flexible as you mature. They will only remain static or be tightened if broken or pushed. Do you understand? And it's just that trust issue of, hey, if I consistently check in on you, whether it is once a month, once a quarter, whatever, and everything seems to be good to go, then you know, I, don't, I can loosen the reins a little bit. But as soon as I see something that is questionable or I don't agree with, we're going to have that conversation and I'm going to maybe check in a little bit more often than the time that I, we've already talked about. Uh, but having that expectation for them ahead of time is going to be, it's going to help them. They're going to know ahead of time, this is, mom and dad already said, this is, is going to happen. And so it's not going to be a surprise to them when you come into their room and say, hey, we need to talk about what I just saw on your, on your Facebook account or MySpace or whatever. I, I'm, sp- I'm speaking mostly to Facebook because that seems to be 90% of the time what all the kids are using right now. MySpace has kind of gone away. It's still there, but I have an account. I haven't checked it in a year and a half because no one uses it anymore. Um, do you guys have any questions about Facebook or any of the media sites uh, specifically that you may have thought about? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I get plenty of email today. But yeah, that's right. You can set it so that the notifications are coming to your phone or your email account uh, if you don't want your, you yourself have, having a Facebook account. Um, but even if you don't, again, still be familiar with those changes that are happening with Facebook on a consistent basis. It seems like every six months, every year, Facebook does a kind of an overhaul. And either people hate it, people love it. Um, but it also always seems to have to do with privacy and the privacy settings uh, and what people have access to. So, right. And, and again, just a model. Uh, you know, I, I'm on Facebook not seven hours a week, but I am on Facebook quite a bit. Um, but modeling for your kids, as Scott was saying, the time that we as parents spend on Facebook, if we are, you know, my, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, and she uses Facebook quite a bit, uh, talking to other moms. You know, we've been able to get uh, some hand-me-down stuff for our kids through Facebook, just having those conversations. Because, honestly, I can't have a phone call with all the friends that I have on Facebook that are within the church or here in, in Dallas. Um, I would, I would be on the phone all day long. But I can easily go and put a status up and have a conversation over Facebook because it takes five seconds to type a status or a comment. But for us to model that time that we spend on Facebook ourselves and not tell our kids, hey, you can't spend this much time on Facebook, but yet mom and dad are on there at night or during the day quite a bit, uh, it's not going to help your you know, argument with them uh, in the least But because they're like, hey, if you can spend seven hours a week, why can't I? Not that any of you guys are doing that, but I know parents that can that get a little carried away with Facebook from time to time? So, Scott, unless there's any other questions. Aaron, thanks so much. Yep. Um, so I want to echo what Mitch said and, and drive you guys to be aware of the terms and conditions when you use these social networking sites. Um, has anybody ever taken the time to read terms and conditions when you download software and install it or when you accept an account on a website? Has anybody ever read that stuff or do you just click right through? It's there for a reason. It's there for the benefit of who? Ourselves or the company? The company. So Aaron closed by saying Facebook is a great tool to expand the communication of of people to people. And, And I'm not trying to usurp or diminish that. That's not our purpose here today. But I do want to point out that when you create a Facebook account, you are agreeing 
to license everything that you put on your account to Facebook. So it's no longer yours to control. Not, cry, not trying to create fear, but you have now licensed all of that information to Facebook. And they can do with it as they please. Now that's a tough concept to communicate to a youth. But it does help you create the perspective in your head and allow you to communicate to your youth that this information now is out of the toothpaste tube. The other thing I will say is that we have not provided templates of what uh, watermark or what this uh, technology team here today feels is appropriate by age for a particular use of technology. Um, that we leave that up to you guys to make wise decisions on what's best for your kids and what's best for going on, on in their lives as they mature and as they grow. But to provide you with a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of information that helps you equip them to make the great choices and then overlaid on top of what you believe as a family as you parent and lead and love. Okay, Robbie Vadreen is going to walk us through some of the good, bad, and uh, other of general Internet. Hello. I'm Robbie Vadreen, and I'm a parent, and my oldest kids are twins, and they're going to be 18 next month. So if you think about 18 years ago, I've kind of lived the evolution of the Internet and all of these things in, from their infancy on up. And so where we are now, if you think of the exponential growth of all of these tools, it's quite amazing, to, just the changes. Like, do you remember the old iPod, the very first one in 2003? It was so cool, and it's a dinosaur. So in seven years, it turned into a dinosaur. So think about the rapid growth of everything that we're talking about today. So, but I'm, I'm going to talk about the internet. And when we, when I walked in this morning before we, uh, we were all gathering and talking, and one of the guys was uh, asked me an important question. He said, "Did you check with Al Gore before you came up here? Since he did create the internet." I said, "Yeah, we chatted last night. He was having a massage, and it was awkward, but yeah." So, just in case anybody was concerned, we're good. Anyway, so the Internet. The Internet is, is an interesting animal. It is a network that is worldwide. And y'all have my hand out. I'm going to follow that pretty closely. So, you. There you go. And so, I'm going to follow that. And then I want interaction with you guys. Throw up your hand, make a funny face, and, and make sure I see you, and, and then we, we could talk. But we're going to go through some tactical things about what the Internet is, how uh, the, its connection with your computer, and what your computer is, and how that, that is an investment that not only has accessibility to the Internet, it also is a home to store things like pictures and documents and all kinds of other things that are important, and so you have an investment there. The Internet can uh, you have access to that and damage those things, lose those things. And so there's a protection of your investment, and then there's also uh, the elements of protecting you and your family from what is out there, and uh, we've touched on a lot of those here. Now, this is not an exhaustive uh, collection of, of ideas about the Internet. 
and in its basics, assuming that y'all don't know what what is going on. So don't don't think this is condescending. Uh, but I imagine that viruses uh, and hacking and Trojan and firewall are concepts that you've heard. And so if you don't know what those things are, don't be embarrassed to raise your hand and say, I let's dig a little bit as, as we go through these things. And so the, the Internet is, allows you to access information. It also provides a way for people to access into your computer. Remember when we were talking about IP addresses? Your computer has an IP address. And so when you are connected without any protection, you, people can access your box, your content. And they could mine the data out of, out of there and they could put data into it. Does that all make sense? And so, so the, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the potential that, that is out there as, as something that is good and as something that is harmful is exponential. Is, is, is that it's similar when you get out onto the, to the internet, it's like it could be going down a dark alley in the city that you don't know. And it could be going into a very familiar place. So, all right. So the internet is not going away. Uh, it is it's here to stay. It is intermingled with so many aspects of our life, and it's growing with it. When we talked earlier about all of our appliances, all, all of the media, from TV to to cell phones, all of those things are starting to integrate together. And so, and these internet, the internet protocols, all those things are, are connected. So a virus. Does everyone know what a virus is in terms of your computer? Yeah. So a virus, it, it is meant to come in, infiltrate your computer, and uh, it is meant to make the computer not do what it's supposed to do or take data out. And it could take private information, and there's a variety of ways it, it does that. Hacking. I'm going to kind of blow through these. So y'all stop me if, if there is one you want to drill on. Uh, hacking is, is, is somebody actually getting access to your computer from the outside. Another user uh, is able to get in and, and do whatever they want inside your, your machine. And so it's, not, it's an unintended access to your computer. Now, Trojan, similar to... A virus is something that, that appears to be harmless. It's a download. Of, go ahead. Yeah, but it would be a good intro into a conversation. So, a teachable moment. So, uh, uh, Trojan uh, is, is something that appears normal, safe, and then once that is into your system, it is a down, download uh, of a software uh, application. Uh, into your computer and then it, it runs loose and it could be a virus or it could be something, a spyware, uh, any of the, those type of things that it, it could cause damage inside your computer or it could extract information that you don't want out. So, does that make, make sense? So it creates a, that uh, vulnerability and also the possibility of harm to, to your computer. Now a firewall, a firewall is, uh, is software that is used to protect uh, the, the, the computer from those outside influences and usually that firewall is, uh, is set up when you set up your system. Uh, your internet provider usually has some firewall protections in the, in the modem and there's also some protections that you have on your computer itself. Is everyone clear on, on the firewall? Because that, that, one, that one's really important and there's 
uh, you know, things that you can do with your computer to protect not just the, the, the threat of uh, things coming in, but the threat of, uh, of you potentially going out and causing issues too. Uh, usually, but uh, with all of the, so, like some of the, the sites, the, the uh, Facebook, there there's a variety of, of, of ways that a, a Trojan can get, get into your system. It can be tagged on. A lot, a lot of them are, are not meant to harm your computers, just things that you just don't want. Uh, it ties up disk, disk space, or there's just a variety of things that it does. It monitors usage and reports back to the company. You know, it may not be doing anything that is harmful. It's just that you're unaware of it. And so, so does that, does that answer your question? And anybody else wants to grab that one? All right, is that? <clears throat> so, now, now some of the so just best practices for protecting your computer is, is is that how many PC users do we have? Raise your hand. PC, Mac. Okay. All right. So, the, the, just the, the those two two different worlds kind of handle. Uh, protection and antivirus a little bit differently. In the, the Mac world, it is all bundled in to the Mac. There are some third-party apps that are out there that you can add on, but Apple likes to, they're very stingy, so they like to keep it all in-house. Whereas uh, in the PC world, there's a variety of different uh, uh, softwares out there. McAfee and Norton are the most common. And there's even applications that have uh, virus protection in them. And so be aware of where those tools are on your computer, how they work with, with your browser and with your, your application set, all of the, the different software that you're using. Uh, so if you look on your, your handout, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of different solutions out there. And, and, and also beware, there's a lot of, <laughs> make sure you know what you're, you're hitting on when you're out on, on the web because there's some things out there that, are, that look like they're there to help you that are actually viruses and Trojans. And I was just walking through. Go ahead. Uh, I'm a Mac user, and the, the problem with, with viruses, especially harmful viruses, it's, it's a law of averages. If, if you're going to go through the trouble to write a virus and 95% of the users are on PC, you're going to write it for the PC because you're not really, you don't care about that 5%. As, as the Mac usage goes up as far as market share, you're going to see more viruses that are, are keyed for, 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 for the Mac. No, I don't, but I have pretty heavy firewall protection at home. And so I'm more worried about mobile devices on that for iPhone and iPad than I am for the computer because I think that is where the, the growth in usage is going to be. It's on the mobile devices, not on, on the home computer, and so maybe both ends, I don't know, but, uh, but, but, but right now you don't hear the stories of the viruses that are, are hitting Mac, but they are out there. So. Alright, does anybody else have any questions on virus and antivirus software? So, the, um, who all is using a wireless network at home? Yeah. Alright, and so... That, that password, that WPA password protection is, is very important uh, because not only for, for what you're doing on the Internet is, is that it also protects people from using your network. 
If you don't have any protection on your wireless, somebody can come into to, to that space and use your internet, use your broadband, take it up. And so, and it also, you need to have there that encryption is, is a wall of protection, a hedge of protection. Which, when I, whenever I hear that, did anybody hear the comedian? So every time you hear that now, you see that, don't you? Cracks me up. Love it. And if you didn't see it, get on the web, get on that intranet, sketch it on, you'll find it. I won't even use his name. So here, the, getting to the heart of the matter, which I, I, what are the ages of kids? Who has teenagers? And how many have our kids that are out of the house? So, are kids under 10 years old? Okay, all right. So, that's the majority of people are, are younger kids. And so, age appropriateness is, is very important. It's, it's similar to uh, the, the locks that you put on your cupboard doors when you have a toddler is different when you have a 13-year-old, right? And so, so the same applies here. The, the big difference is, is, is that this is interactive. And, in, and what goes on on the web, it's an accelerant to what already exists in your child. And so if we know that the, the heart of man is desperately wicked, and who can know it, then you know that your child is going to have the propensity to dive into the, to whatever is there, good and bad. And so I want you to write down a word as we get, get on this, and it's appetite. All right? Appetite. And you've heard of the saying, if you're in, in uh, Yellowstone, don't feed the bears. Bears don't have a natural appetite for Twinkies. But if you feed them Twinkies, they will develop an appetite for Twinkies. The Internet is a huge Twinkie. It'll, it will feed appetites that your kids may not even naturally have. It will surprise you. And so what I'm going to encourage you as we get into this section, and we're going to be tactical on some things for protection, but I, won't, I would say, you parents, be aware of what the appetites are of your kids. And don't be afraid. Don't, don't be afraid to talk about anything, especially as your kids enter into that, that age of getting into uh, the social media and longer periods of time with the computer. And so I'm going to read that, the verse, the Proverbs verse there, Proverbs 24, 11 and 12. I'm going to read it out loud because I think this is perfect for what we're doing. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. If you say, but we do nothing about this, does not he who uh, weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who guards your life know it? Will he not repay each person according to what he has done? Basically, is, is ignorance is not bliss, and ignorance, ignorance does not remove the responsibility, and it doesn't cover the damage that can be done. And so all of us are, are users of the Internet, right? So, so you've got to know where you are. What are your appetites? What are your habits? What are the danger signs that you have? Know that, that your kids are going to have those too. And one is, 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 is something benign is time stealing. The Internet will steal time away from you. As this technology grows and it's exponential, here's the constant. 60 minutes or an hour, 24 hours in a day, 7 days in a week, 365 days in a year. That remains constant. The irony of technology, technology is built to, to make things efficient. 
What actually happens with technology is it eats away your time. It creates. It's creative. And that's not bad. It's just up to us to manage, to put barriers, to, to have, have intention. And, and to me, as we go into this section, is all the protections that exist are to reinforce what you intend to do. So if you don't have a plan, the protections aren't going to help you. You have to have something that you're doing. And that's why I wanted you to write down appetite. And I'm going to read a verse out of Matthew before I get into this. And Scott wasn't aware of this. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I have, I, have, uh, I have five kids. I have twin 18-year-olds, a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, and an 8-year-old. All of them are girls except for the youngest, who's a boy. And, and, and so drawing the lines is difficult to, to answer, and especially in, in my experiences because when my kids were 12, what was accessible on the Internet is not the same as today. There wasn't uh, Facebook. Uh, cell phones really didn't come into vogue. Uh, for that, that the, kind of the line uh, affordability for cell phones for a kid you didn't even think of until really about six or seven years ago. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but you, the, what what is is now the norm wasn't the norm just a few years ago. And so, to me, drawing the line has to do with knowing your child and not really the technology. Uh, I, does, that, does that make sense? And so what I have had to guard me about is being afraid of something, afraid of a potential sin, a potential proclivity. And so I was borrowing from the future that didn't exist. I was mourning death when no one had died. And so I had to stop doing that. And so I was, uh, the, uh, so I was being overprotective, basically. I saw all these things as danger, 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 danger. And so I was acting like I was... You know, fighting an army that was outside the walls, but really the key to all this is is, is the kid. Who is this? Is my child? This is Caitlin. This is Brianna. Who are they? What is their personalities? And so, as I was getting to know my kids, the danger started to decrease. I didn't. I was less afraid of what was out there. Uh, and so, but it came from because more from knowledge. I knew it was out there, but it's not. I mean, it's like Solomon said. Vanity, vanity, there's nothing new under the sun. All of these things that are out there, the bad of the Internet, is not a new problem. It's just that it is, it's accessibility and it's volume. You know, if you have an issue with X, the Internet gives you the ability to go as far and as deep as you want into that X. Relationally, uh, you name it. And, and so, to me, is, is don't be afraid of the Internet. Is, is my key, and then then desire to know your child. That's that's the kind of, kind of did I answer your question at all? So, all right. So, all right. So, just uh, I was oh yeah, I was going to read from, from Matthew Matthew six uh, twenty two, and I encourage you to read this in, in its whole context. Beautiful piece of scripture, but Matthew six twenty two. The eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? And so what is going on in the Internet? The loss of time, the accessibility to damaging things, all of those things is, is, is that, that appetite. Is, is the appetite of your kid, is it light or is it, is it darkness? 
that's where you focus. Everything that's out there, you're never going to keep up with the change in technology, the new things that are around the corner. Be aware. Be a student of them, but be a better student of your kid. All right, so let's dig in. Protecting your family. What we have always done is, is we have not let our children have computers in their room. And we have laptops in the house, and it's difficult. It's something that requires discipline and enforcement. But if you allow the computer to go into the bedroom with connectivity, then your ability to monitor that is, is strained. And it also, after time, creates conflict. That means that you're going to have to conflict with the habit of your kid to discipline. Keep the computer in a general place. Make sure that you're communicating. The computer is a tool. And then set rules and expectations for your kids, especially when they're at that age, uh, that, that 10 to 13 to preteen. Set clear expectations and then uh, inspect what you expect. So, just some of those things. Look at the computer's history. And that means when you're looking at the computer's history, if it's been deleted and the history is gone, that should automatically create a conversation. Does that make sense? And so, so be, be in there. Look at the history. Uh, the filter. Where are the places? Uh, it depends on, on your browser. It is going to be in your browser's the, the software. So if you're on Safari, it has a history. If you're on the, whatever version of Internet Explorer, it is in the software. Uh, it, it's in the toolbar and the preferences. So does that make sense? All right. Any questions? All right. And then uh, I have, there's a listing of, of content filters. And the content filters, the, 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 the different softwares that exist there, they have different approaches to protecting content, from blocking sites to keyword blockers. Uh, and so we'll, we'll go through a little of those in, in a minute. Uh, so uh, the, the time we've, we've covered well tracking control of usage and so uh, and then something that Scott hit on before that I think is very important is, is that you need to model the same thing for your kids and what does that look like? I say it looks be as organic and natural as you can when you have younger kids be disciplined if, if the computer takes time away from a kid it takes time away from you and if you can play claps on, on Facebook for five hours straight, shame on you. And so something's, something's amiss there. And so, what? <laughs> Farm, Farmville. Yeah. So, or if, you, if it takes more than 30 minutes to catch up on your Twitter feed, get an iPhone and, no. <laughs> And so, whitelist and blacklist. Does, it, does everyone know what, what a whitelist is? Okay. A whitelist is, is basically, especially this is good for your younger kids, is, is you, set, you can set up in your parental controls, is, is what you allow. A blacklist is, is what you don't allow. But set up a whitelist where my kids can only go to the, these approved sites. And, and so, and, and, and then I, I, would, I would encourage you, especially with, with your younger kids, 
If your kid is, and this is something that is, that, that is my opinion that I'm just going to throw out there and let's, let's reason together, let's discuss. If you have kids under 10 years old, they shouldn't have much time on the computer without you present. They, there should, it should be part, it, it should not be a babysitter like a video game can be. Uh, they're, especially if they're on the internet. Because it is, it, the kids are very savvy. They pick up the, the tools and, and the roads around the internet quick. I'm talking two-year-old, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and if and the the way that all of the protections work, sometimes they they don't. Sometimes you make a mistake in the setup, and because of the what what is out there, the the immediate connection to to profanity, pornography to images is, is a click away. And so if you have younger kids, be in the room and interact with them as they interact, interact with the Internet and keep a dialogue going with your, with your kids, appropriate to their age. Very important. Thank you. So go ahead. Firewall on a Mac. Uh, I have I, honestly, I've never touched the, the firewall on a Mac. I've done uh, with the, the presets that are on there. What I have worked with is, is the Wi-Fi protections, and that that is the, the only then that which is a firewall. But that's the only firewall that I've used. I haven't gone deep into to that. So the, the different content filters, and, and I'll borrow some. You have a lot more knowledge on these than I do, Scott. So questions I'll, I'll let Scott hit on too is, is is that Watermark uses OpenDNS, which is free for your for your home, uh, and that one is a, a it, it, what's good about the OpenDNS is is the the uh, thought behind it and what it's trying to do. It actually has a, some some depth to it. it. It goes out there and tries to understand what is going on on the different uh, D, the websites. And DNS is don't don't name uh, names. And what it's saying is, is when you type in a go to this website, it's done the work beforehand to go what's going on that site. You may be going to CNN, which is fine, but it may have a pop up of something else or image content. It tries to study the, all of those different areas and know what is good or bad and if it can't control the bad then it'll block it. So, am I making sense? Other ones are, are working different ways. Uh, the, the Be Secure, the Covenant Eyes, yeah, Net Nanny, all those and then s some are, are subscriptions and some are free. And so it comes into a budget conversation. But uh, anybody have any questions? Go ahead. It's a good question. I don't know the answer to, to all of them. Uh, which one of these are, are browsers within themselves on the PC stage, and which one work with your present browser? OpenDNS works with with your with your the browsers that you're using. I know that. I don't believe these replace the browsers on your computer. They do on the mobile handheld device. These are additional programs that run on top of the browser or the, on the computer, or they're a change to your home router so that your router goes to an external server filter outside your home. Paul. So that's, that's more the theme of something like NetNanny, where you can 
micromanage time. You can set up a whitelist. You can set up different logins. Uh, it's a it does give you micromanagement control to really evolve as your family becomes more and more equipped. Uh, Safe Eyes and Covenant Eyes, their theme is accountability. So if you go to something that is deemed questionable or beyond that, it blasts out emails to your accountability group. There's a subscription fee per year. NetNatty, you purchase the software. OpenDNS is more of a just straight filtering, it's free. And so, so just in closing, you guys are the parents. And so all of these are tools to help you not make your job less. These should activate you and make you a student of all of the tools and all the technology and push you into a stronger relationship with your kids, and that takes intentionality. So you have to know what you want. And, and know what you're trying to accomplish as you do this. Robbie, thank you so much. Aaron, Paul, thanks for the time that you guys put into prepping for this. Um, I've been encouraged. I hope that each of you here today has been encouraged. So a couple of things as we wrap this up and we're out of time. Um, I encourage you to pray for this ministry that starts today at Watermark. We hope and we pray that this evolves into a more mature way to encourage and equip families in our body. Uh, number two, please fill out the survey. The survey will help us as we desire and purpose to grow a technology ministry to love families. Number three, we have these computers set up here in the back to help you right now if you desire or even after the second session today to log in and turn on an open DNS account and show you how to do that. Log in and establish a Facebook account or anything else that you may have questions on. We are happy to help you right here, either in demonstration or via a web-based tool. So please avail yourself of those resources. Fill out the survey. Pray for the ministry. Be encouraged and enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you so much.